Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. So to start off with some news, Microsoft Teams is free for everyone to use now. It's an alternative to Slack, so another chat client that you can use to not only have conversations with uh, other folks, but also integrations with bots and those types of uh, uh, messages and information coming in. I believe it just requires having a Microsoft account, uh, so anyone can really use it. And it's meant to be a way to start using the Office 365 set of products, I believe. You know, if I was looking at it from a marketing perspective, I'm sure that's kind of their intention. I've used it a lot um, over the past year or so. There's a lot of things it does well. Um, I do think that it's got a ways to go. Uh, Being free, though, is a pretty big incentive, especially with unlimited history. Uh, But it's well worth looking at. Uh, That being said, Slack is still by far a superior client. Uh, One limitation that I even recently found was I was attempting to send in multi-line code snippets that were formatted as code or uh, pre-formatted so that they would just kind of come in as displayed. And for the life of me, I could not figure out the syntax required via an API, and it seems like it's just not there yet. Uh, It will be eventually. Uh, So it's definitely worth using, but check it out, see if it works for your needs. So coming soon, Chrome's going to have an update. Uh, It's going to have two kind of things of note. One is their material design update to it. So the overall look and feel is going to be kind of holding towards their material design standards, especially the more updated ones that have come out recently. And it's also going to have what is being called site isolation. And so this is a type of protection built in to mitigate the effects of Spectre and Meltdown. The unfortunate downside to this, as we've seen on servers and on fixes that have come across from the, to the various OSs, but it's going to include a kind of a 10 to 12-ish percent uh, CPU performance hit. So already Chrome uses a heck of a lot of RAM, and it's not shy in the CPU percentage either. So this is not going to help that situation too much, but it is necessary for what is a very hard-to-solve problem. Uh, Taking a look at the material design that they've done, looks good. I like some of the kind of things they've done, a little bit more white space. It looks cleaner for sure. Uh, Nothing too crazy. Uh, but it is probably a well-needed update since it's been a while. And finally, I want to talk about uh, a Ticketmaster breach. So Ticketmaster in the UK apparently was breached into having a large number of credit card details stolen. And what I found most interesting about this was the method that was done for this. Certainly not the first time this is seen, but it's a great example of being careful in how you're putting systems together. So they have a payment site that they wanted to have a 
kind of chat client that folks could use to communicate with them if they're having problems, that kind of thing. So they put a single line to include this JavaScript code for this chat client. And that code itself was compromised at some point, and it allows the person who had compromised it to be basically running the code on the client side, since that's what JavaScript is doing, and read in the details of the credit card numbers that they're putting in. Well, since this was loading for every you know, payment transaction that was going across, they were able to collect a whole lot of numbers. So it's a great example of the supply side or, or the supply chain uh, break that can happen or breach that can happen if you're not careful and not and you're blindly trusting many of the things out there. As developers, we've certainly been guilty of this and it's not an easy fix sometimes to take care of, but uh, it is something we all have to start being a little bit more you know, recognizing of. What will be interesting is this is the first kind of big breach in the UK under the new GDPR rules. So it'll be very interesting to see how all of that kind of um, ends up and what will happen. A couple of cool links and resources I found. Um, I'll link in the show description notes and all that. But uh, there was a great article on JotForm about the CSS Chrome developer tools and a number of tips and uh, techniques that you can use with it. Always good to learn more. Also, a bit note about JotForm. I had not realized how many articles they'd been putting out, and apparently if you've uh, read through a lot of the developer articles over time, you might have uh, come across a site. I want to say it's called Nope, but it's N-O-U-P-E, and they're a developer and design blog. Apparently they've been bought by Jotform, so kind of a cool aside, but hopefully this will increase and have more articles of note. But definitely check it out. It's a cool little article. Uh, on the CSS Tricks site, always a great site for tons of content, but I believe they had, it was a guest article uh, or series of articles about how to use CSS Grid in Internet Explorer. And IE11 uh, did support Grid, just not the full set of standards and in certain ways. Uh, and since IE11 really is the last of the Internet Explorers to be in common use, if you do need to design for that, which most do, uh, this is a great three uh, three articles that really go pretty deep into how it works and the ways around its limitations. It's excellently written. Uh, it's a ton of information and very well done. So check it out. It's really cool. Uh, and finally, out of, uh, I guess, links and resources, this is more of a interesting uh, link I found. Um, I am oddly interested in topography, and so every once in a while I like to read through those and some new kind of things out there. But there is a character that uh, apparently is a real thing that I did not know. It's called the Interrobang, and what it is is a combination of a question mark and a exclamation mark kind of put on top of each other. And it was used, uh, I think it first came out, I want to say they, they send like 60s. I have to read the article again, but it's really good. Uh, but either way, it's been kind of on and off used, uh, very, very limited. Uh, it is in the Unicode, 
uh, you know, set of symbols, but kind of a cool thing. It's essentially used to have that combination of exclamation and questioning, you know, all in one. And I believe it was kind of come up, it came about because of a marketing effort. They really wanted to kind of say, we want to have both of these feelings come across in this ad. And so here is a, um, a kind of a punctuation mark that can show that. Kind of cool. Uh, something to check out if you're interested in that kind of stuff. So finally, I wanted to kind of talk about um, serverless computing or what the industry trend has termed is serverless applications. Now, to be clear, there, there is nothing serverless about these. Uh, everything still runs on a server. It's more about how it's a development environment and a runtime that is available kind of without configuration. So this means that it's just much quicker to create and run scripts and applications there isn't a need to worry about the underlying infrastructure as it's being provided by your hosting provider uh, or whatever service you're using to run this type of application. And so the reason that this is exciting is that it makes creating and testing new code and ideas that much faster, especially if you don't have to worry about all the underlying infrastructure. It also really helps with scaling because if you're just having the script run and the infrastructure that's already been stood up by who you're using can kind of scale out or up as necessary, then uh, you don't you as a developer really don't have to worry about what is a difficult problem. Hopefully others have worried about that for you and this works well in that context. Now you're still limited to the language and limitations in the serverless environment itself, but for some applications and uses, this is more than enough that is needed and it works very well. So some examples are Azure Functions, uh, which is a Microsoft solution, AWS, which is Amazon Lambda, and now uh, another one is Cloudflare Workers. So traditionally Cloudflare wasn't one that one would have thought and is relatively new but it essentially puts the Chrome V8 JavaScript engine on the edge side closest to the client. So it can actually intercept the request from the client and then do the processing so you could, if you wanted, return directly from that worker code rather than it ever hit your servers. You know, and Azure is unique in that it allows you to run PowerShell scripts and can be very useful for server-side scripting or if you're a big fan of that language, such that I am. I, I've written many thousands of scripts at this point in that and it, it works really well and I like it certainly not for all uses but it's kinda cool that you can do that there and of course AWS is Amazon's been around forever AWS is kinda ubiquitous in all of computing at this point uh, they have their own set of serverless environments under Lambda check it out it works well uh, but something very cool so note that this won't work in all cases and applications. It's generally well suited for those kind of inimpotent scripts that you know don't require a lot of setup and teardown to run uh, that you can just keep running every time. Uh, currently, I generally think of serverless as being great for lots of supporting code and functions, almost like the glue that can kind of hold different aspects of your infrastructure together. Also, APIs tend to be a natural choice for this, as it can query the backend and you can write all the logic in Node or PowerShell or any other language, really, Python, for example. So it certainly has a potential to make 
development of more complex and powerful applications that much easier and more accessible to all sorts of developers. If you haven't checked into this type of technology yet, you should do so as it can be very easy to quickly get a script up and running without worrying about all the other installation stuff you might need. You know, just as an example of something I did, I had kind of reverse engineered how a uh, Android app was working because I wanted to script the same results I was getting back. Uh, so I wrote, figured that out in PowerShell, wrote it up since it was just calling web APIs, and I threw that up on uh, Azure Functions so that it would run and I wouldn't have to keep running on my personal computer. I could just do that and then the, get the results sent over to Slack. Uh, very cool. Uh, all I had to do was basically copy and paste the code in and hit run and schedule and it kind of went went away. So there are a lot of cases like that. Uh, Node and Python are very popular for this kind of stuff so check it out. Uh, very neat. So finally, uh, follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.